Welcome to DevOps Chats, the industry-leading podcast for DevOps, digital transformation, cloud-native, and cybersecurity. If it's happening, it's happening on DevOps Chats. Now here's your host, CEO of Accelerated Strategies Group, Mitch Ashley. With a pleasure being joined by John Worrell, who is CEO of Zero North. Welcome, John. Good to be talking with you today. Thank you, Mitch. Good to be here as well. And we're talking about security and DevOps, DevSecOps. But before we get to that topic, would you tell us a little bit about yourself, let our audience know a little bit about Zero North too? Sure, I'd be happy to, Mitch. I'm John Worrell, CEO of Zero North. Um, we're in the DevSecOps space, maybe with a different approach that um, it, a lot of times people focus on tooling. We believe that you need to kind of build a process out first for DevSecOps to actually have business value. And I'd like to maybe talk through that with you, Mitch. Oh, that'd be excellent. I'm all, I'm all about the business value <laughs> too. So, well, let's talk about that. So, you know, usually when you say DevSecOps, it's about shift left, how you get to the security people working with the uh, software folks. How do you help developers write more secure code? You get to the tooling conversation. So I think you're talking about, well, let's, let's stop for a minute and ask, why are we doing all that stuff? Yes, it's to create better app security, but why, why do we need to make this a process that produces maybe some business value, measurable results, those kind of things? Yeah, you bet. That's, that's exactly right. Um, we're all for the tooling. We're all for about building you know, the bridges between security and the dev teams. Um, but you have to have an objective in mind and you have to have some um, help along the way. You have to have some data along the way that's going to actually get you there to, to pull all that together. Um, one of the best quotes I ever heard that, that got applied to this was like, you know, channeling your inner, your inner Deming, which is, you know, if, if you can't describe what you're doing as a process, you don't know what you're doing, right? And there's a real lot of truth to that. If, if you step back and security, you look at AppSec over the years, it's been very tool-centric, very sporadic, anything but a process. Uh, when you look at DevOps, it's a process, it's repeatable, it's scalable. Um, it's, it's kind of a self-learning or positive flow of information with telemetry so you can get better and better at it over time just by learning from your past experiences. And when you think about integrating security into Dev to, to drive DevSecOps, you have to think about it the same way. And I think that's where it all starts. This is a process. This is not a tool selection. This is not just a, um, a, a scan or an integration. It's that process that you need to build first and then you can start building out your tooling, your technology underneath that. Well, you know, you have a really good point. And if I'm being over general here, I'm generalizing this, but as security professionals, we kind of think of let's buy boxes, let's buy software, let's put functions into the network, into software, now into this into the software development process that will solve a security problem. But security is not just people attacking you. It's also how you do your work and make sure you create a secure environment, you operate securely, write secure code. So I think you're spot on about the process and how how, that, how you can do that consistently, referring back to Deming, right? Yep. Can't uh, manage what you can't measure. You're the adaptation of that phrase. Um, so talk, talk to us a little bit about how do you make that real? When you talk with people, how do you help them sort of elevate the conversation to that and then get on the right track? So, so I think it starts out with that process conversation and whichever analogy, you know, you'd like to use for that. Um, think, think about it this way, the, the process in, in, in our view works like this. You're, you're going to set some kind of a governance standard for your organization. 
you can't have each dev team setting their own or each business unit setting their own. You're going to want to try to get global visibility so you can actually have effective global risk management. And we'll start that as, as a kind of catch-all for the business objective. But in a sense, that really captures what we're trying to do with DevSecOps. You need global risk management across your organization. Um, and that means you have to have some visibility into it. You have to have a way to impact your current state to make it better. Um, and you need a process to drive that in, in a continuous way. So it, it, it starts with setting some governance standards as saying, okay, what, what is our ideal objective for our top tier applications? What is our ideal objective or governance model we want to put around our mid-tier or whatever the application categorization might be? Then you want to make sure that you've got a continuous process to, to build the data that's going to inform you whether or not you're actually meeting those objectives. Um, you have to look at performance reporting so you can measure how you're doing against that. And then you have to be able to action that intelligence to say, yeah, that, that data is helpful to me for a number of reasons. Number one, I get visualization of risk. Um, I can get prioritized remediation if I do this right. So my developers can make intelligent business decisions about which, which vulnerabilities get fixed now before we progress the build and, and through the build. Um, the, the third piece of that is which teams need what kind of training on security coding, good security coding practices. Instead of trying to treat everybody the same, use this telemetry to say, you know what, team A is struggling with cross-site scripting. Let's go do a lunch and learn with those guys and watch the immediate impact we're gonna get from that. And then let the process continue and, and go all through. There's a lot of technology in there. There's a lot of things in there, um, but it starts with the process. The next piece that's really critical is the data that comes out of that, right? I was going to ask you about the data part. Of the, the, <laughs> the data drives everything. It, it drives so much. You know, we had talked about this idea that, um, you know, you've got different tooling. Well, sure you do. You, you want the best tools you can get. You want best of breed. But trying to pull those tools or the, the data from those tools into some meeting, meaningful, actionable intelligence is a key step in the process, right? You want to take different data points and, and put them together so you get a complete view of what the risk Stat, uh, posture is for that particular target or entity or, or application you're working with. Um, we talk about the, you know, the analogy of the blind men and the elephant. You have four blind men all experiencing an elephant from different places, um, and they all can come up with a different understanding of what they're really touching and trying to investigate. And it's a perfect analogy for a multi-tool environment when you're scanning across the pipeline, that if you just look at one experience or one tool, you're not going to get a complete view of what's going on. Imagine the, the difference of being able to just do static scanning and realize that you've got all these highs and criticals. Um, but not compare that with your dynamics. So a lot of those highs and criticals may not be exposed in my environment, right? I want to pull those together because I'm trying to understand number one, where the risk is, but I'm also trying to optimize my developer productivity and making sure they're not fixing a bunch of stuff that doesn't need to get fixed. If I've got a compensating control in place or it's just not exposed already, and that's not high on my list. I want to really focus in on, on what's valuable. So that data can be used for making good business decisions on risk. It can be used for prioritizing remediation. That data can be used for, um, you know, call it the wall of fame, wall of shame. It's, it's how do you really um, measure and incent and reward your business units for meeting their risk management, um, you know, targets, right? And again, how do you help those that are lagging behind? How do you help them get better? And that, to me, built into this process is where you get real business value. You're getting the faster delivery of software. You're getting the better developer productivity out of this. You're getting that risk management layer and visibility you need, but you've got it as a process. And you can measure week to week, month to month, quarter to quarter, how much better you're getting at it. And that, to me, is a real business solution. You know, you, you described a lot. So let's, let's unpack some of those things. The, the third piece of it usually is, is you know, talk about people, process, and technology, people. Uh, how, 
what are the kinds of roles of people who are going to be using that kind of information, that kind of data? Because we're, we're often talking talking about getting security information into the developer's hands so they can fix things. But you're also talking about, well, what should we fix? Let's not waste our time on things that don't matter, right? The environment secures against cross-site scripting. So let's not worry as much about maybe that as uh, something that can be exploited. Who uses that information? And then I guess the third part of it is it's about continuous improvement. You know, that's a cyclical process of, are we getting better? Are we getting value? Are we, you know, is there benefit um, to the work we're putting in on this? You bet. So uh, you've actually said a lot there too. So I'll try to. I'll, yeah, I did. I'm just following to... your lead, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good. We can confuse each other in this whole process. So, so if, if we, you know, if we start with this idea of the continuous improvement, just kind of going backwards here, the, the, the whole goal is to have a, a, that process, which is a continual healing process, if you will, you're, you're always going to get better. DevOps does that with telemetry about what is my productivity of my developers? What are my key metrics on, on how many story points I'm taking down? How many, how many am I delivering? And, you know, am I getting better, you know, sprint after sprint after sprint, all, all great stuff. The same model plays out in security. Um, that ties back to one of your comments about, you know, this, the, the role of the CISO. And, and you mentioned, you know, typically security guys buy a technology, they deploy it. And that works for a proactive control, which is what security has been doing so much for. You know, my days of, of running uh, the product for RSA Secure ID and, and working with, at CyberArk and, and any, any kind of blocking technology or control, it is. It's, you, you buy it, you deploy it, you set it and forget it for the most part, and, and it works, right? Um, by the same token, this isn't really responding on the SOC side either, right? This is not responding to an in-process attack. This is a different approach to security. And I think the reason that's important is, number one, businesses are demanding more business metrics, business telemetry out of their security programs. Mm -hmm. What am I getting for my investment? How do I know I'm investing in the right things? Um, am I spending in, in the right places? All of those things are really important, right? And the role of the CISO, by definition, is evolving as well. And you can see the people that were running security teams 10 years ago are very different than the model of who's out there now. Many people have grown into that role. Other people have come from the business side of the house, and they're not the technology experts that were good at configuring firewalls that are really trying to deliver business value to the organization. And if you're going to step from infrastructure into the world of application security, you need to be able to have value to the business. And this data is a great way to deliver value to the business. Yeah, really important point because the CISO role is evolving, and oftentimes it's becoming a CIO, CISO kind of role, which means you're getting into the application stack and not just the network stack. And I'm saying that they weren't worried about the app stack, but now you're getting much more into the nitty gritty of it. And, you know, are your security people, software people? Well, not necessarily, but they are very accustomed to, you know, getting data and responding to that data. And in this case, maybe helping development teams, developers, others with understanding this, what the true severity, not what some scanning tool might say, right? You bet. Um, which is sort of our history with vulnerability management sure. uh, to really help them understand, okay, great. This, and then demonstrating to the business, to compliance, to whoever you may need to be reporting to, it could be customers as well to say, Here's what we're doing. Here's here's the actions that resulted from investment in these tools, peoples, and processes. And that, that customer angle is actually really important. And I, I hate to use the word solar winds, but I'll use it. Um, it's just put a, yet again a big spotlight on software supply chain, software security, and how critical that is. 
Um, and so many organizations now are asking of us, as well as our customers, you know, what is your software development process? Prove to me you've got one, right? Great use of this data. When you think about your business line risk owners, the people that are actually responsible, for, they, they work for the GM or the SVP of that business unit, they've got the risk management challenge. They need this data to, to do their job well. If you take that data to the board, you know, our, our data is being used as part of the quarterly board package to talk about how they are addressing and how they are improving the risk posture of the organization. And then I want, I want to go down really one level deeper, because when you think about this, you know, integrating into the DevOps process means that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily just about the developer making that independent decision. Typically, there's a product owner in there someplace that's going to be making some decision about what's going to get done now versus what's going to get done later, right? So being able to feed that product owner with the data they need to help do the triage and make those decisions, that's another great use case of this data we're pulling together. You know, you mentioned a lot of things, a lot of roles too, um, including the, the the product person. In your experience with Zero North, and, and I really appreciate your background in security too, so you can we can relate about those days as well. Um, what's most often when people come to Zero North and say, hey, we need your help, here's what we need your help with. Is it the software team? Is it the product team? Is it the compliance group? Is it the CISO, CIO? Usually what's that initial driver for, for engaging with you? Yeah, there's, there's probably two ones, uh, two different uh, ones we hear most commonly. One is, hey, I've got a somewhat mature program. I'm running two or three different tools. I can't make heads or tails out of the data, or if I try to do it, it's manual. I can only do it once a quarter or once a month. Mm -hmm. It's just too labor intensive. So mm -hmm. I think I'm getting good. You know, I've got a decent process right now for scanning, but I want to start pulling that data together. The, the second use case is those that want to start out on building a, what we would call a federated or a shared governance model with their, uh, and it, it's led by the security team perhaps, but they know they've got to bring in the business line owners into this process or business line risk owners into the process. Um, and they say, hey, can you help me get data out there so I've got a single source of vulnerability truth for my applications? And that I'm looking at the same data that they're looking at. We're all making decisions off that same set of data so we can build a governance model that makes sense. They, they want to, the security guys want to work in partnership with the business owners and the people that are actually doing the software development and the, and the risk owners in the business. But that, all, that, that relationship is going to get built on having really good data and everyone using the same data. So I think that's that's another use case. The, the third one, which is a variation of that, is people that are coming in and really saying, hey, listen, I need to go to full DevSecOps right away. I, I, I know that I can put this layer on to uh, this layer of reporting and analytics on top of my current tooling. And that's a great start. And I'm going to build this over time. It's a fine strategy. Other people are coming in because they're just getting started or they just have a business imperative to do it. And they're saying, we're going to DevSecOps right now. And we want to do the pipeline integrations as well as the reporting and analytics that we've been talking about so that I do get that data in real time. I do have a consistent scanning process. It is automated. I don't have to worry about the developer forgetting or not doing it. And I'm going to get that data value out of this in, in that particular way. Yeah, help me accelerate through the learning curve instead of <laughs> making all those mistakes myself to get to yep. DevSecOps, if you will. You bet. You that bet. second example, especially kind of kind of a, is a multiplication of the first one, which is you have dev teams with all this data. Maybe it's you know primary group. Usually it's multiple, right? How do you pull it together into something? They can't make sense of it. How do you do that across the enterprise uh, to meet compliance requirements or even just your own internal assessment and and reporting up the management chain, maybe to the board. You bet. I, if you step back, the biggest concern we get 
out of just about everyone we talk to is a CISO or a risk manager saying, hey, help me, I'm flying blind. I don't know what highs and criticals I've got in my production environment right now. I just don't know. I don't have visibility into it. And for me to get it, um, it takes too much effort. And once I get it, it's outdated because it's 30 days old and I'm pushing code every day or every week or, or whatever it might be. Um, and that is the primary motivator for so many people who just say, give me that visibility. And that's the starting point. And then at least I know what I'm dealing with. And then I can start building out a program that's going to help me address that over time. You know, you brought up solar winds, so I'll bring up COVID. Uh, what have you seen happening over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months with the acceleration to the cloud, acceleration of digital transformation projects? Has it taken these same issues and just you know, made them even more uh, visible, critical to address, or has new problems emerged? I think it's it's more of an acceleration of the entire process, right? So, you know, in, in a general, um, COVID has driven people to be, more comfortable or more reliant on online relationships with their customers, with their partners, with their employees. And that means more software by definition. So as digital transformation accelerates because of more online interaction and new business models that this opens up, it's just really accelerated the pace and some of the maturity of people coming. The, the types of questions we're getting from our, our prospects now are, are much more advanced than they were a year ago. And that just shows that the market is really getting smarter about this. And they're kind of moving beyond the tool only approach to say, okay, how do I get some business value out of this that can really, really help us move our risk management program forward? You know, that, that's one of many indicators I see kind of data points that are saying the technology groups, the software groups are getting out of from under of looking at themselves and starting trying to get aligned with the business and meet where the business is headed. And, and as a big consumer of software, as we all are in our lives today, I'm really happy to see that, right? I mean, that's what I want. I, I know it's going to take bringing the two together and working cooperatively in that federated or shared model to make this work. And I'm really happy to see that kind of a progress because like you and everybody else, software just drives so much of our daily experience. It is. You can't do much without it these days. Well, it's been great talking with you, John. Um, where can folks learn more about Zero North? Well, that's easy. ZeroNorth.io. We'd be happy to talk to you. Um, Take a look, see what we have. And um, if we can help you out or you want to hear more about it, we'd love to chat with you. Thank you very much. You know, I think we've had a great conversation. Hopefully that'll, that'll spark some folks to uh, elevate that conversation with you and the Zero North team. So take care. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate it.